Welcome to the Super Kitty podcast. This is also the title of my children's book, but I found out a lot of adults are reading it too. I wrote this book to educate people and families about a recent adoption that I made. Ginger is her real name, aka Super Kitty. And this book that I self-published is on Amazon and AuthorHouse.com. So you might be asking why write such a book. Well, I wanted to raise awareness on the importance of rescuing pets and basically to provide a voice for these animals who can't speak for themselves. The book is not only from my perspective, but also from Ginger's perspective. And my next guest today has actually read the book. That's always a perk. And the reason I want to give all our followers who are going to follow us on this podcast, Super Kitty, is not only to highlight my book, but to raise money to help these nonprofits and rescue and care for animals until they find loving homes. So this will provide a voice for all those who await adoption. And I just want to point out the joy that they bring us. That's really why I wrote the book. And uh, my little Ginger has become part of my family. She just turned a year old. And so I bought her her first birthday gift, and it's a four-story condo. And she's simply in love with it. So I'm going to be posting more videos on TikTok very soon. And you can find those under Mamasan, M-O-M-M-I-S-A-N. And just so you know, it's all PG. And I also want to let you know the way that you can show your appreciation for this podcast and the education that we're providing is you can donate by using the free app, buy me a cup of coffee. My handle is one, it's the number one, and then the word super kitty. And every donation will support these nonprofits. Each cup of coffee is $3 and you can buy one or you can buy up to five. And also you can find my book, Super Kitty on Amazon and Author House. Today, I have someone very special who's joining me on the podcast, and this person works at a veterinarian office, Cole Vet in Jacksonville Beach, which is where I take my little bundle of joy. I think we've been there twice now, (laughs) when I adopted her and actually took her home at three months, and two weeks ago when she turned a year old and needed some more shots. And I just want people that do buy the book to look at page 10 of the book, because it talks about Super Kitty's first field trip. And this is a great cat because when she gets in the car, she doesn't meow. I've never had a cat like that. And when she gets to the vet's office, she can't wait to examine every inch of it. And you'll know why that is of significance, that picture. It's an illustration actually on page 10. So I'd like to introduce Frances, who is the manager at Cole Vet and has been gracious enough to accept my invite. We've never met, (laughs) but I'm always pleased when people will just say yes to my request. So, Francis, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how long you've been at Colvet and what your position there is. Well, thank you, Marianne. It's very nice to be here. And Ginger is an adorable little kitty. I loved her, her book and her interaction with our artwork in the clinic. I have been with Dr. Cole for the past 15 years. I'm a credentialed veterinary technologist, so I have my bachelor's degree in veterinary nursing from St. Petersburg College, and I'm the practice manager at Colvet. So I kind of help keep things running smoothly. And and I also do a lot of the technician and nursing duties there as well. And I just cannot imagine doing anything else in my life. 
So what made you accept this invitation today? Because I'm sure you don't get too many invitations. Hey, can you come to a podcast downtown Jacksonville with somebody you don't know? Well, we always like to have community engagement. That is very important for a practice to engage the community, be able to involve them in their pet's care, because our motto is we want to be your partner in keeping your pet healthy and happy, where we look at the emotional needs of our our patients as well. And so if we can help spread information on how to keep your pet healthy and happy in any way that we can, we are happy to do so. You know, I've had many cats in the past, and my last cat lived to be almost 20. So I am very familiar with taking cats into a vet. And I've got to say that Super Kitty, also known as Ginger, loves going on car rides and going into the vet because everybody puts their hands on her. People can't take their hands off of her, (laughs) even the vet. (laughs) I thought that was very interesting the first time. He couldn't stop petting her and giving her treats. And so now she has that memory. (laughs) And so last time she went in, I can't believe how docile she just sits when there's a a shot given to her. So what's like the secret way that you actually provide this service and give them their vaccinations, but they don't even meow? Like, how do you do it? Well, it starts out as kittens and puppies. We're very involved in the fear-free movement. In veterinary medicine, there's something called the fear-free movement where we try and provide an environment that's not as scary to our patients that typically most people think of, you know, animals that go to the vet, dogs and cats. They just are scared. They want to, you know, hide under the chairs. They want to hide under the cabinets, that kind of stuff. It starts out as puppies and kittens. We want to get them engaged. We want to provide a lot of positive reinforcement. That's uh, very important in any kind of training that you're going to do with animals. And so we use positive reinforcement, petting, treats. You know, a lot of times we'll distract with treats while we're giving injections or we're doing things like examining the mouth or examining the eyes and the ears. Puppies tend to be a little bit more accepting of treats and positive reinforcement than cats, but you'd be surprised by how many cats like the special treats that we use. They're technically meant for dogs, but cats cannot get enough of them. Uh, And they're safe for cats. They make that same formula in a different shape for cats, but cats like the dog shape more than they like the cat shape. So we really try and build that bond with them by using, again, a lot of positive reinforcement so they don't even realize that they're getting an exam. The best exam is one that they don't know that they're getting. Well, that seems to be the key because Super Kitty now has been there twice and she doesn't know that she's a superstar. She doesn't know that she's going to be famous, right? (laughs) Well, one of the things that I noticed in the past when I took cats in is I never realized that cats can sweat. Their paws sweat when they're really stressed out. And no matter what you do when you put them in a carrier, they fight you. And that includes Ginger. She really fights me. So do you have any tips for people when they're bringing their cat into the vet? Absolutely. There's actually really good tips and tricks that you can do to do this. The first thing that we start out with is introducing the carrier in their normal environment a few weeks ahead of the time. Sometimes you do have emergencies that you're not going to be able to prepare for. But if you know that you have an upcoming vet appointment, you can start out a few weeks ahead of time Put the carrier in the living room, just somewhere innocuous that they're just going to have it in the environment. They're going to be a little, you know, freaked out at first, but the more that it's there, the more that they start to ignore it, the more that they are curious and they want to go, you know, look at it. You can put some treats in there, some catnip, and just get them kind of used to it being there. 
That way it's not such a shock. It's not always, oh, the carrier's out. I'm going to have a negative experience. The second thing that you can do is there's a product called Feel Away. It's a pheromone that cats really enjoy. It's the facial pheromones. When you see cats rubbing on things with their cheeks, they're actually leaving pheromones behind. And that pheromone is a happy pheromone for cats to to be able to smell. They make different wipes for it. You can have a spray that you can spray on a little blanket or a towel and it'll just kind of relax them and calm them down. We use this in the clinic a lot as well and and you might not even know it's happening because we prepare the room ahead of time before you even get into the exam room. We lay a towel out on the table and we actually spray the towel with feel away to kind of help relax them when they first come in. But you can do that at home and spray the carrier on the day of just, you know, do a little light spritzing of feel away and it'll help cats be a little bit more relaxed on the trip. I bring my carrier out. I've learned that over the years through trial and error. And I do put the treats in it and I move it to different places closer to the door, like as the big day arrives. (laughs) But one of the things is when you're a really smart cat, they still know. Yes. And it's kind of like a wrestling match at the very end. (laughs) (laughs) But once I get Ginger into the carrier, she's quite good. And that's one of the things I wanted to highlight is that I thought it was important to really look at all five senses when I describe Ginger's perspective. And there's a description of it in the book, which is why that illustration is on page 10. And it's about us going to her first veterinarian appointment and what that was like. It's highly unusual that a cat won't meow at all, but she's a highly unusual cat and never meow, never hear her meow in the room either. And she did go for the towel. So I'm going to have to get some of that feel away. Yes, it's F-E-L-I-W-A-Y. Okay, great. So that's something new. One of the things that I found very interesting, because it had been about two years since my last cat passed, and it was my longest companion of 20 years. It was really a hard one. But I was up for uh, a kitten, or so I thought. And kittens need a lot of care. So that was kind of unusual that I had forgotten all that, but it was at a great time as I was writing this book. So I was able to bond with the kitty cat in my lap. And as I typed on my laptop, she wanted to emulate that. And I read this article that cats really do what we do. And she would, you know, put her paw out and then it'd be like, okay, this isn't working. So I just hoisted her up a little higher on my chest near my heart and she could see it from far away and she would fall asleep. And there's a picture of that in the book too. But one of the things that I was wondering about is the need for insurance for pets. I had gone my whole life never thinking about it, catching my first cat in our backyard at the age of 12. But I did get insurance for Ginger. So I'm I'm just wondering if you could give us some examples as to why it's important and the best age and time to do it. I know that I got it when she was a kitten, so the price seems very reasonable. But I'll let you kind of explain that from your perspective of what you see when people are faced with maybe these enormous bills for an accident or something. Yeah, absolutely. So insurance is very important for veterinary patients, and there's a couple of different reasons why. As a pet owner myself, I have insurance on my pets. A lot of times we are faced with emergency situations that we aren't prepared for and we may not necessarily expect. But in addition to that, there are are times in a pet's life where they will start to accumulate medical problems or medical issues. Cats, for instance, get kidney disease as they start to get older. Uh, You can have urinary troubles, that kind of stuff. What insurance does is it's 
it kind of helps you manage being able to pay for the long-term care for your pet. It acts more like a reimbursement versus a pay ahead of time deductible situation. So I think a lot of people do have that misconception about pet insurance. Again, I'm not a pet insurance spokesperson, but it does help you have that little safety net in the back of your mind that says, I can help take care of my pet because I have insurance that's going to help me pay for my pet's care. And it's just, I, I can't stress enough how people, you know, who have pet insurance feel a lot more comfortable taking care of their pets and providing optimum care for them and being able to do things like yearly blood work and finding any kind of disease processes earlier than they would if they put it off because they're unsure of their financial ability to pay for veterinary services. Yeah, and I, what I'm hearing you say is, you know, just like people, we want to live long, productive lives and we want to have a quality of life. Mm-hmm. And that really does apply to pets who can't speak for themselves. I went through my homeowners and gave them a call. And when you bundle it, it was less than $13 a month, which is very reasonable. And it gives me peace of mind because if something does happen and I have to take her in for an emergency, that's what it's there for. And so it really does make sense. But, you know, I've been a cat person my entire life and never really gave it much thought. And then I thought, "Mm, I've got insurance. Maybe I should insure this prize and joy of mine. (laughs) So little Super Kitty, aka Ginger, does have her own insurance, and I hope she lives a long life. And one of the things that that brings up for me is my previous pet, Spanky. I actually had her teeth cleaned when she was about nine years old. And, you know, they still put cats under just like Mm -hmm. they do, you know, people. But for cats, it's, you know, they're not used to having something in their mouth, especially somebody's tool or hand. And what I found, and maybe this is conjecture, but she lived to be almost 20 years old. I feel as if that maybe people don't really know that most disease starts with the teeth. This is for humans too. And it travels through your blood system to your heart. So I just was wondering if you wanted to talk about that teeth cleaning or dental hygiene. Yeah, absolutely. And you are right. There are a lot of times that people have a misconception that dental health isn't as important in dogs and cats as it is. Like you mentioned, plaque and tartar can have a lot of bacteria in the mouth. And over time, if that bacteria isn't taken care of, you can lead to heart disease. It can lead to kidney disease. Cats in particular are known for having what's called resorptive lesions, which is a disease where the crown of the tooth will look intact, but underneath the gum where you can't see, there's little pockets, almost like cavities, and you can get a lot of nerve exposure. And so when cats are under anesthesia and you're probing that area, you can see them chatter their jaw a little bit, which means that that nerve is exposed because they're under anesthesia and you can still see it moving. And that's a bad tooth that needs to come out. So unfortunately, it's not something that we would even be able to diagnose fully while they're awake, unless it's the most perfect cat who will let us probe their mouth while they're awake. But most cats object to that. And 
they're painful. So doing these dental procedures is a great way for us to take care of their health by taking care of those bad teeth and cleaning that plaque and tartar that can build up and cause, you know, bacterial infections. Tooth root abscesses are another thing that happens in dogs and cats where the plaque and tartar build up and it can cause an abscess underneath the gums near the root of the tooth. And you can see facial swelling. You can see, you know, them not wanting to eat and drink well. And like you mentioned with pet insurance, there are a lot of pet insurance policies that do cover dental cleanings as well. Oh, great. Because I know that the cost might be an issue for some people, so all the more reason then to really look into it. And I do think that most pet insurance is affordable if you buy it when the cat is young. You know, somebody that I used to know who had three children, this person said, my wife said, we better get the pet insurance. We have insurance on the kids. We don't need a sudden huge bill that we can't afford. So it just seems to make sense. What age would you recommend that they get this dental cleaning? It actually varies from pet to pet. There's no one specific age where you're going to want to do it. You have to look at the risks versus rewards. So young, healthy animals, you don't necessarily need to put them under anesthesia for dental cleaning unless that cleaning is warranted enough to put them under anesthesia, meaning that there's enough plaque and tartar buildup it's worth putting them under anesthesia to take care of this dental cleaning. And that varies from pet to pet. It also varies from dogs to cats and different breeds of dogs. Small breeds might need it more frequently than large breeds. Cats, typically, we would start looking at doing them probably around five to seven years of age. And then as they get older, a little bit, maybe more frequently. Good to know. So this is all new to me. I only had the one cat have her teeth cleaned. Mm And it was just one time and they did have to put her under. And I do remember that she hadn't been to the vet and she hadn't been overnight ever. And so she was a little out of her element, shall we say, when Mm -hmm. I took her home. So I do think that warrants a really good question and answer from you that thinking of it sooner rather than later when there's a problem. And just like when I get my dental cleanings twice a year, obviously they don't need them as, as often as that. But maybe that's a question that our audience can ask their veterinarian too, like when they would recommend it. And it'd be different for each uh, individual cat. Absolutely. And there are things that you can do at home to help maintain the dental health. There are treats called CET chews for cats. Some cats treat them more like toys than treats, but eventually they do start kind of chewing on these special treats that help kind of use a mechanical action to scrape some of the tartar off. There are water additives that you can just add to the water that can help decrease plaque buildup. And there's also just teeth brushing. You'd be surprised. We do have some clients that are fairly successful at brushing their cat's teeth, but that always comes with a significant risk to see how well your cat would love it. But if you do start young with Ginger, she's a year old now, you might be able to positively reinforce her to train to just at least maybe rub the teeth a little bit with a little finger glove uh, toothbrush and some kitty toothpaste. You do always want to make sure that you are using a toothpaste specifically formulated for pets and some cats like the taste of it. Well, that's a really good point. I actually drink alkanized water, Mm -hmm. and my last two pets, I give them a choice. They could have tap or they could have this, and they choose the alkanized water. It's a different pH. They drink Mm 9.0, and and I drink it too for my health because health is all we've got, and I really take it seriously to maintain it for my own self, so why not do that for my cat? 
And she's in great shape. <laughs> in spite of being an indoor cat, I do try to get her out as much as possible. I have her leash trained. And one of the things that I do with her is I let her kind of determine the path that we're going to go. And if she's not cooperating, I just pick her up and then we redirect. But she does like to be outside. And I think it's really important. So many of us tend to forget that they are animals and they need as much movement as possible like we do, especially for their health. Um, sure, it's easy to sit down and watch Netflix and munch on some popcorn. But look, I'm not, I want to be a good role model even for my cat. <laughs> so I wanted to know if there's anything that you would like to share with our audience, like how you got into this area of health for pets and what motivates you and what do you see for the next generation and how they could get excited about this? Well, like a lot of people in veterinary medicine, it started off with me as a small child. It's the only thing that I've ever wanted to do. I know for Dr. Cole, it was the only thing that he's ever wanted to do. And I had a single-minded focus that I wanted to go to vet school. And when I was in high school, I got a job working in the kennel as in the kennel of a veterinary hospital. And my path changed a little bit. For me personally, I liked looking at the nursing aspects of it and being that person that's doing the hands-on treatments and nursing and seeing the reward of a pet who is really, really sick and hospitalized and watching them get better every day. And the way that they look at you towards the end of it, just with such gratitude, it changed the path for me. And I ended up going to veterinary nursing school instead. And I couldn't be happier. I love that. How much time did you spend? How much is required for nursing? There are two paths to take, much like human nursing. So I got my AA degree first, and then I got my Associates of Science degree in veterinary nursing, after which I got my license, my, my credentialing. In Florida, there's a voluntary credentialing. So I'm a certified veterinary technician, and I just have such a passion for this, and I love this field so much. I went back and got my bachelor's degree in veterinary nursing because I, I just I wanted to be able to be the best technician that I could be. So it's kind of the equivalent of a human Bachelor of Science in Nursing. So it was a four-year degree total. Great. I don't think we're ever too old to learn, and I'm still at it. You know, I went into education. I was a middle child, and so I was kind of like the substitute mom when she wasn't home. And it just seemed a natural fit. And I've since retired from education. And there's so many opportunities out there. And this is the second book that I've written, but the first one about a pet. And so I'm learning as we go. This has um, been an eye-opening interview because we get somebody who's kind of behind the scenes and you're sharing, you know, your passion. And we don't usually see you in the office and, and interact with you. So it's really good for those kind of people who might be listening and would want to have like a little bit of a different perspective. And you've been at Colvet for how many years? Since its inception, I worked with Dr. Cole at his previous practice, and he wanted to open his own practice, and he asked me to come help him open it and, and manage it. And so from the very beginning, when we opened in December of 2019. So I know where Colvet is, but I don't think our audience does. Would you like to tell them where it's located? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. We are at 319 3rd Street South in Jacksonville Beach, which is right off of 3rd Street, four blocks south of Beach Boulevard. Oh, so it's centrally located. Yes, it they is. Can, they can take the 202 or Beach Boulevard. Absolutely. Okay, one last question. For the youth that might be out there listening to the older folks who already have the careers, already put the time in, what would you say to inspire them? 
I would definitely tell them to follow their passion. And if their passion is working with animals, get that foot in the door. Be willing to just say, hey, I want to learn. Please teach me. Like I said, I got my start by just working in the kennel, cleaning up the kennels and cleaning up the hospital and just learning by absorption and paying attention and asking questions and just working really hard. I would say that if this is something that you really want to do, work on science, you know, pay really good attention to science and math. Math isn't my strong suit, but I really worked at it because it's very important in veterinary medicine. And there's nothing that you can't do if you don't put your mind to it. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is for those youth that are out there interested in looking at a career field, really go STEM, science, technology, Mm -hmm. engineering, and math. And that you can always contribute even behind the scenes. You don't have to always be the face. There's a lot that goes into veterinary care. And I don't think that people understand that it's just like you said, a nursing degree. And you have to have those qualifications. And and it's really important because these animals can't speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to highlight for some of our listeners that little super kitty was found by me at the caffeinated cat in Jacksonville Beach. And it's a 501c3. And I have a dedication page in my book. And it says that it's dedicated to all the rescue cats through no fault of their own who wind up on the street and are taken in by rescue centers. These cats patiently wait to find loving homes and deserve to be protected and loved. The book is also dedicated to my previous cat that I mentioned, Spanky, who lived to be 20 years. And I knew it was time for me to open my heart and adopt again. So when I spotted little Ginger, the sweet little calico cat, she was, what a sight for sore eyes. I had just moved cross country from Chicago. And so from the moment I signed the adoption papers and held my little bundle of joy, I've loved spending every minute with her. She is really smart. She's a loving cat. And she provides me hours of fun, enjoyment, and companionship, which I'm happy to share with all of you on my TikTok Don't forget it's Mamasan, M-O-M-M-I-S-A-N. And also don't forget to really consider supporting these 501c3s and nonprofits. And you can download the free app, Buy Me a Cup of Coffee. Each cup of coffee is $3. You can buy up to five. And every donation will support these nonprofits. And you can also purchase the book on Amazon or on Author House. And it's called Super Kitty. And so this concludes our interview, and I want to thank you very much for being here and for taking me up on my offer and not knowing what you were getting into. I hope you had an enjoyable interview. I did. It was very fun. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I love talking about veterinary medicine, as you can tell, and so this was, this was really fun. Thank you.